This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about qualities of great leaders. I'm constantly dissecting what makes a person a great leader to one more embody one, also to surround myself with others, and also to empower other leaders, uh, listeners of this podcast. I don't think of you as passive people, I think of you as leaders, people who are very active in creating positive change in the world. And so with that, I hope that listening to this podcast has helped provide you some value that makes you feel more able to also give to your community, spread light, um, whether it's through your art, creative practices, or just as a good human being in the world. Um, I think being desiring of a successful creative life usually tends to mean that you're extended beyond self-interest. So many of these episodes I know have been a bit less money-centric maybe. And I don't know if I'm the best person to always be talking about finance. And that's why I'm excited for future episodes, bringing on experts in industries. But regardless, you know, we go here and there. I love to discuss accumulation of things that we regard as power. And that's sometimes money. And that's sometimes external recognition. But Today is an inward day, and leadership, I think, is really born internally. How to shift from being a listener, follower, passive person to a leader who carries with them wisdom um, is, yeah, something that can be approached pretty consciously. Leadership isn't necessarily a blind, like a blind act, and you're just like born a leader. I think there's certain qualities that might signify to others um, leadership, but a lot of this stuff, I think of being okay with stepping into leadership is more just personal. Um, and with that, I'll share what things I've observed more visibly of great leaders. And then we'll get into some other things. Anyways, our agenda for today's episode is, uh, an intro from me first segment, because this has been a reoccurring theme of this week. The way that it's arisen has been pretty interesting. And then second segment will be four traits I've observed of great leaders. Within that, there'll be some reflection questions. And our third and last segment will be a culture wreck where it's four traits of great leaders from Brene Brown, human researcher and sociologist who I've mentioned and noted in past culture wrecks. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. What would make it uh, up a level is hearing from you, your creative journey, your stories, your updates. It would be so valuable to hear how things are going during this time for you. And with that, um, yeah, anything that's like around, let's say like one minute, 30 seconds. I feel like because of the looseness of my delivery of this proposal for you to share your voicemail to me there's been more hesitancy I also know that there's a barrier to 
sharing with me because Anchor requires you download the app or log in and create an account or something along those lines. And if you don't have an Anchor podcast thing, it's, um, yeah, maybe that barrier holds you back. But regardless, would love to hear your creative journeys directly from you. Keep yourself as anonymous. Avoid any strong identifiers about what you've been working through, what your current state is. Leave that voicemail at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message. Your reviews are super appreciated. It helps the podcast be found. Rate it, tell a friend, share on social. Let's get into it. One day this week, I opened Instagram and the perfect thing happened when the first thing on the top of your feed is exactly all that you need and you do not need to scroll. You're like, all I needed was this. And for me, that thing was a quote that somebody had posted and the quote was this, leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders from Tom Peters, an American author. And I really valued that statement because it's easy to get down to the spiral of followers and numbers and metrics and the accumulation of a lot of that. But beyond just accumulating high quality followership, it's actually not about the following. It's about making sure that you're attracting people who you're building into leaders. Um, I think that's incredibly powerful to have people around you who are also leaders and to be sharing and learning. And yeah, it resonated with me because I had gotten to a point where I realized even with this podcast, this is episode 40 in the last six months, there's been 40 new starving artist podcast episodes, which is amazing. And I've gotten also really deep into social media content creation and such and I was like what am I doing you know every so often I hit my head against the wall and I'm like what this is what am I doing what am I doing this isn't growing as much as I thought it would but why do I continue to do this and the ultimate reason is because I still know that I'm sharing value over even if I don't feel and I forever this is a human condition will always feel that I could be doing more So today's topic arose more hugely and that quote helped solidify things for me, not just on a personal content creator side, but like on the end, I've just been observing themes. This week, I also watched the documentary No Direction Home, which features Bob Dylan. It was directed by Martin Scorsese in collaboration with Apple Music and obviously a whole bunch of other people behind the production. It's three hours long on Netflix I'm going to say not the most exciting narrative, but I feel that way after three hours of anything. I'm just like, that could have been consolidated. Um, and But it's still really good. And I wasn't as deeply educated on the folk music scene, and so I also really valued um, having more understanding of the history of music there. Still, it also really just well-highlighted Bob Dylan, all that time, they really got into his thrust into being a leader, being the voice of a generation, because his music gained a lot of popularity. 
And he was also very opportunistic and intentional around his partnerships and him going into record labels and what type of music he was going to create and produce and stuff. And so a lot of it did lean into activism, but he didn't want to be involved in politics. He didn't want to be so actively needing to show up or or being pressured into a role which he didn't choose, um, but was sought from him because he possessed traits that people were thirsty for. Um, and the biggest thirst was for honesty. He was a very honest person, even honest around the fact that he was not interested in showing up for protests, not interested in all these things that people continued to request from him because his words to them projected and showed the empathy that they craved in in leaders but we're not seeing in the politicians etc so yeah I recommend checking that out it's not necessarily our culture wreck but I do think it's very valuable to see how there is such a thirst for leaders who are heart-centered and leaders who are not self-interested and it comes so strongly um, out in celebrities and artists And that's why even to this day, you know, we're obsessed with celebrities. We love, that's why we even call them celebrities, just humans who've done creative work and get a lot of attention or have done no creative work. And we're very into worship, worship as a community, as a society, worshiping people, worshiping gods. And there's a reason for it. Um, And the most visible reason to me is because we feel powerless when we have worship of something that's just like us, you know, and another person who's just another human being, the reason we worship them is because we project, we project our power onto them. And we, you know, we love things that are visible and shiny and what makes motions. And when I think we're emotionally connected with someone and, we feel connected to them maybe because of a character they played or music they shared and they showed their heart. We're more likely to want to develop relationship trust with them. Um, yeah, but this is just something I've just seen with the Black Lives Matter movement and the new wave of activists. There's a lot of folks leaning on shiny celebrities online to tell them what to do or who to listen to and um and a lot of the celebrities and artists being overwhelmed like uh this is not my expertise at all but what some of the awesome people are doing who have big platforms is sharing over education resources from others using their platforms to highlight experts in other industries I saw Miranda Kerr, Russell Brand, Oprah continues to always do this, actually bringing on diverse voices, actually using their platform to highlight different people, to have them do takeovers on social media, and that's incredibly powerful. Great leadership is people who are interested in spreading light and sharing their light to create more space Um, and, yeah, relieve some of the darkness in the world. And that's what was seen from great leaders who were noted like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Nelson Mandela to demonstrate 
those kinds of aspects. It's a powerful thing. So I'm going to share with you four traits that I've observed of great leaders with some reflection questions embedded within them. Hopefully it resonates with you. Regardless, I encourage you to take the time and write out what traits you admire most in great leaders. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. Coming up with just four traits I wanted to highlight was so hard. Just four traits of great leaders that I've observed. Uh, yeah, was, and that's the truth. It's like, you can always go back and revisit things. Nothing is ever fixed. I can do this episode a bunch, a bunch of times because my perspective is constantly changing over time. And so similarly, when you do the exercise of inquiring on what are those great traits of great leaders that you've seen, um, yeah, that that can definitely shift over time. Number one trait that I think is so powerful of great leaders is that they mind their ego. It's kind of, you know, it kind of ties to flexibility, but the great leaders I've admired have usually had an ego death or a few. The ego, you know, kind of that self-centered portion of ourselves that is wounded and it's our pain body and it's always attached to the ways that can incite drama or feel diminished, all these things. I think a lot of the great leaders have had a great desire to be elevated, to be able to help, not to be elevated and recognized for the purpose of stroking their ego. I think we praise a lot of leaders who had Um, more of the self-interest approach actually and it's hard to differentiate them it's kind of one of those things you pick up more so in person because people can accomplish a lot of amazing things and their legacy can live on and we can create stories about who they were really um, without having spent any time with them and know the insides of their personal lives and I actually didn't see oh, yeah, I did see this Steve Jobs documentary and I was pretty turned off. So, you know, it's just like, I love humility. It's so attractive. I think great leaders know that a lot of the reason they rose to leadership was to support other leaders. Um, And it didn't necessarily come from a place of cockiness, but inner quiet confidence the trust and faith in themselves to do it. These are just always opportunities for us to take pause and think about, Do are we leading in a way that is promoting of humility? You know, are we cultivating humility in the style of leadership that we carry into the world? When you make a mistake, do you own up to it? Do you facilitate 
good conversations with others? Basically, are you not preaching, but are you opening dialogue? That's a good sign of somebody who's minding their ego while also, I think, taking on some leadership. Another trait that I admire in great leaders, second being, yeah, open-mindedness, which is slightly adjusted from being um, in the ego space because it's around knowledge. A lot of the education that we receive is fixed knowing, you know, to have a lot of certainty around things that are probably way more open and expansive than we can ever imagine. Being open, expansive, innovative, creative, If you're attracted to this podcast, you contain a lot of these powerful qualities. Being receptive to others and that fluidity in your nature. Being able to reimagine things. Do you take that time to be with things? See them as you saw them, but then see them anew. Are you able to exercise that? Um, There's a really great quote from Toni Morrison. And it goes, make up a story for our sake and yours forget your name on the street tell us what the world has been to you in the dark places and in the light don't tell us to believe what to fear show us belief wide skirt and the stitch that unravels fear's call so I appreciate that quote because yeah it's like show us beliefs expansiveness and how it's made up don't tell us things and because you felt them in circumstantially right so it's like a lot of our experiences are really determined based on our biases it's beautiful when somebody can have at least a perspective that that's what's going on If you are in the presence of someone who believes they know it all, um, what does that feel like? Have you ever been in the presence of somebody who's open to it all? What does that feel like? I had such powerful experiences with people who are great leaders because they sit back and they watch and they observe and they sense rooms and spaces. Can you still feel like a leader and sit back? A lot of classrooms, and this is a problematic thing um, towards, especially in harming women, in, in classroom settings, usually it's like boys being picked on to choose. Leadership is demonstrated as a person who's called out um, to speak in a classroom or speaks a lot and dominates. But that's just one style of communication right um it's really deeply rooted in yeah masculine energy to control um but there's also power in feminine energy where you don't need to control to still be a strong presence how can we all listen and feel more like leaders feel like leaders even if you're sitting back and just being observational (laughs) Can you listen twice as much as you talk? Can you challenge people around you to be patient as you share? (laughs) This has been the challenge. Even in creating this podcast, I thought in my mind I'd get to a point where I was super quick-witted, less ums, less ahs. This is 
podcast is just cruising along and then I came to the point of acceptance that that's just not my communication style and I really appreciate you all for being patient and yeah it just means the world to have people who are patient I think that's one of the biggest qualities I love in in great leaders is the patience to listen deep attention that type of thing it seems like a radical act in this day and age when attention spans <laughs> because of the pace at which we're consuming so much content the world around us etc everything is so uh fast so so fast it's really hard to take our time to even listen to somebody complete a sentence before jumping in with our mind and being able to consolidate what they said finish what they said etc so that was open-mindedness three the third trait that i observe of great leaders is gratitude yeah gratitude and it usually comes across as joy it usually comes across as they are joyful i've had people who have deeply influenced me who lean more on the side of tough love but even them even them have the ability to acknowledge and appreciate things and they don't say it with this the, the warmth that somebody that uh you know is like more love lovey-dovey would um but they say it they see it that's what keeps them going so when people are really grateful sometimes they're less likely to chase fame um and make tons of money because of the sense of abundance in the present and gratitude for what's in existence but you can also still continue to accumulate that because there's nothing more attractive than person that is grateful for what they have makes you want to be generous back to them I don't know I have some friends who are really good examples of people who are unconditionally giving and loving and when I'm with them it's infectious it's just like it's such a love fest it's like oh let me cook for you oh let me clean for you oh let me do it's just like tons of acts of service it's gross but I love it um I love people who are truly grateful for where they are and how how have you seen that in leaders um I just named a few examples of the ways that I've seen gratitude show up in leaders it's some level of acknowledgement Verbally, sometimes it's through those silent acts of service. I like to think of leaders, um, yeah, who just had that kind of light in their eyes. And it's hard to define it, but had a, le- a level of lightness to them, you know, ability to laugh, um, take pause and such. So do you notice acts of leadership by people that you work around? Do you see how people demonstrate gratitude um, around? Do they say thank you? General politeness is a good indicator. Gratitude. When people say thank you, I'm grateful for you, appreciate you. Sometimes it needs to be shared more explicitly, but do you observe even in extra gestures what's going on? Um, Stay available and accessible for people to discuss problems with you as well as solutions. 
when we stay accessible, that's a way that we are kind of sharing, I think, a a thank you with the world. Like, that ability to open heart is incredibly powerful. So, yeah, gratitude, number three. Number four trait that I've observed in great leaders is sense of purpose. And that purpose being to spread light. And, you know, their version of that might be very different in the way they see it. Maybe it's like, my purpose is actually just to educate people on astronomy. (laughs) And I'm like, to spread light. But it's truly just the belief um, in the potential of the present and a sense of optimism around the future. I'll admit that of all the traits, this was the most packed one. I kind of consolidated this one into a huge umbrella because... There's just a mouthful. Great leaders I've observed have been the ones who are able to share their purpose um, in the clearest and simplest way so that they're easily understood. I love folks who, you know, really lead by example. Are there ways that you can show what you stand for, show your purpose, without even having to use words? Um, People take cues from leaders who are clear on their intentions. It's easy to be trusting of somebody who trusts themselves and is clear with their expectations. Yeah, there's a sense of authenticity that's really powerful there. Have you observed somebody who's been really good at setting a clear vision? Have you observed somebody who's really good at sharing their values over How has it reached you? Those are things to think about. And then just as far as the spreading of the light, you know, behind that purpose, it's not like single-mindedly solve X, Y, Z. Usually for me, it's I've been really interested in leaders who are big thinkers, right? So it's not like somebody was very fixated on writing a book. Like, even say Toni Morrison, she wasn't fixated on writing The Bluest Eye. She was fixated on evoking this response in human beings through powerful stories. And that extends well beyond one book. It's It led to a lot of work. It led to a lot of lecture. It led to a lot of impact in the world. And so with that spreading of light, driven by faith it's driven by faith and not driven by fear can you see or think of leaders who are clearly faith driven not fear driven they have faith in the potential of the future they have faith in the potential of the present moment and it leans and skews optimistic so yeah these are some things to think about um when thinking about being purpose-driven, yeah, being able to encourage others to put their ideas forward, feel ability to delegate and give people, trust in people, to carry weight, to take, carry ideas, to see things out. We can even defend them. We have that faith in their potential. We have faith in our potential. We can defend our own ideas um, to some extent with an open-mindedness. Give clear and helpful feedback. We have the ability to share things in a way 
that might help open things up more. We can be motivating. Do you know of a very inspiring, motivating uh, leader? A lot of them tend to be very charismatic, the great ones I'm thinking of. Yeah, that light, sometimes it's so powerful when delivered, you know, with in good music. Yeah, like a Bob Dylan. That's the sexiest way to receive, you know, that light from me. I love to listen to good music and take in the lyrics and, yeah, let them sit, allow the wonder. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, I think those are my four traits as of now of what makes great leaders. Traits that, um, as I mentioned, I'm always working to embolden in myself absorb in the people around me and also instill in those around me so yeah take the time explore what leadership looks like to you because I think the more that you become clear on what you're seeing in others that you're attracted to the more you project it and see that power in yourself all that power worship stuff um, I truly do believe is deeply rooted in us not feeling always powerful Um, to maintain that personal accountability, to really be in it because, yeah, the hero that you seek exists in you. might need to be cultivated a little bit more so, so you feel confident that that person's in there, but they are. So our culture wreck is from Brene Brown. As I mentioned, she's a human researcher, sociologist, and she's been recognized for all of her work on vulnerability. Dare to Lead. That's our culture wreck. And this book, she shares four traits that she observes in great leaders. She shares that, you know, one of the most important findings of her career has been observing, unlearning, you know, uh, observing and unlearning what leadership is, um, understanding brave work and conversations require you showing up with your whole heart. So I love that she's very heart-centered in a lot of the work that she explores because sociology, just like any other science, can be very heady, not very hearty, not very... um rooted in compassion and I think she has a ton of it so the first trait that she highlights of great leaders is rumbling with vulnerability she says one of the biggest barriers to courageous leadership is assumed to be fear but her research indicated that fear is not a barrier Um, a lot of the people seem to be armored to deal with fear Um, But it's critical to understanding that we are self-protecting when we feel scared, defensive, or vulnerable. So using rumbling vulnerability, or I guess these are like more so things to embody, but using rumbling vulnerability is to lead with more curiosity and finding yourselves in tough situations rather than getting armored up, actually opening and staying open to ask questions, to get more information, to get to a place of comfort. 
And when we do that disarmoring, we are more courageous because we are exposing ourselves, um, which is a courageous act, exposing your heart. Um, and with that, becoming strengthened. It's almost like exercising a muscle when you tear your muscles and you're working out, you tear them a little, and they like build and get stronger and bolder, and then eventually, not that you're indefensible, right? But you don't fear. You're not driven, driven away from things because of fear, which is powerful. The second, she poses these as skills. I don't know why I interpret them as traits. Second skill to cultivate in yourself is living into your values. So I love people who talk a good talk oh, wow, so charismatic. And then, you know, you kind of get behind the surface and you see that they're not embodying the things that they share, um, which is always tough. It's always tough to actually live your values and give hard feedback and put bold ideas into motion and take risks. She says, courageous leaders are able to do this consistently because they operate with a clear set of values and behaviors that line up with those values. It's important that we have values as a leader, but um, it is critical to operationalize them. So what helps us be living and embodying other values is actually setting a lifestyle that's conducive to that. And it's that's the scary part, like actually really aligning your values and your lifestyle. Hmm, something third skill she mentions is braving trust can quickly be confusing because talking about trust is almost backwards um but she says honest conversations uh with people of two parties who are unarmed is so powerful getting to that point so it's no secret that the highest performing teams, companies, organizations are usually ones built on the foundation of trust. And building trust is a skill that can be taught and learned. Um, I think the mindfulness piece, this is me injecting really, but being mindful of when you have your hardened self out there is helpful. I notice it in myself all the time. I skew on the not great trusting side. And so even though I present very vulnerably, it's always hard for me to feel that it's being, you know, that that I'm being approached um, in good intention and such. So I'm always just working that, working through that. Fourth skill, fourth and final skill, she highlights is learning to rise. Dealing with the ability to reset after an error or mistake. Your ability to be resilient. Which, oh, in these corona times, definitely powerful, you know, stage skill to cultivate in ourselves. The ability to be resilient through hardship. Great leaders learn to make mistakes, mistakes quickly. And share those learnings. In tech, they always talk about fail fast. Fail fast. <laughs> you can tell how jaded I am <laughs> even in saying that. I'm like, fail fast. But, um, yeah. I think it's beautiful when you can learn from your mistakes quickly. Not that you're um, 
pushing and expediting your process to get to that learning. But I think the continual learning is really powerful. Um, and it helps you move forward, positive impact, because you get better and you don't fear failure as much. So you learn to rise up, you learn to take the upswing. So ultimately, I highly recommend Dare to Lead, Brene Brown's book around practical skill building tools for creating brave leaders. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so excited to hear your stories. The link is anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash message. I'll include it in all of the show notes. They're now embedded into all the podcast episodes. So you can leave your voicemail and we can hear how your creative journey is going. I'm on Instagram at Anisa Benitez on, yeah, there. Follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. So grateful to be learning and leading and growing with you. I appreciate you.